Isaiah chapter 61. We're just going to read those first three verses, very well-known verses. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 3. As you're turning there, we'll pray together tonight. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would come by your power and all your glory, Lord, and all your grace. Lord, that you would open the eyes of the blind and stop the deafened ears. And Lord, that you would loose the prisoner from the prison house tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would anoint us both to preach and to hear your word, that the name of Jesus would be lifted up in this place. Lord, would you have your way among us tonight? Lord, we pray, Lord, against every distraction, every work of the enemy. Lord, we ask tonight in the name of Jesus that your word would go forth in the power and the authority of the Spirit of God. Lord, though we may be tired in body or weak in body, distracted in mind, Lord, we pray, Lord, Lord, that you would have your will and your way in this house tonight. Lord, that you would break through in the lives tonight. Lord, that souls would be saved in this place. Lord, that this would be the house of salvation. Lord, the house of joy, the house of praise. And Lord, the house of prayer. Lord, as sinners would cry out, what must I do to be saved? Lord, would you undertake for us tonight in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to speak very simply tonight on this title, When Prison Doors Open. When Prison Doors Open. Isaiah chapter 61, the prophet Isaiah prophesying of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, His earthly ministry and the ministry that He would be sent to do. And he says these words, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven, heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. In that opening verse, I just want to read it again. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. When prison doors open, when prison doors open, Isaiah in the previous chapter, previous chapter 42 and verse 7, the great covenant that was made concerning the ministry of Christ, he said this in Isaiah 42 and 7, that his ministry would open the blind eyes and to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel to set the prisoner free and to open that prison door. Through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, that through his death, 
He would destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'm going to speak about a prison house tonight. And there might be, most of us, I believe, in this room have never experienced a physical prison. But I'm not speaking so much about a physical prison. I'm going to speak about a spiritual prison. I can remember when I was on saved the first time that I experienced a, a police cell. And when the doors closed and you're in that police cell on your own, it is a daunting moment. But I'm talking about something greater and more daunting than a physical cell. I'm talking about a prison, a prison cell that's caused by the power of sin and Satan. This is a spiritual prison. It's a real prison. It has a power. It takes the freedom from a man. It binds a person in their soul and in their mind. It breaks a person. It is it's an isolated place. It's a dark place. And the power of darkness works there effectively to destroy the individual. This prison that we're talking about is Satan's prison. People are in prison today for a crime, literally and physically. But we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. And the prison that I'm talking about is one that is not so much seen with the natural eye, but it is a prison. It is a prison of the soul. It is a prison of the mind. It is a prison of the inner man. The Bible describes men and tells us of men who describe real accounts of being in a place that they described as a prison. And I want you to listen carefully because the working of Satan in this room is a seductive work. He is a deceiver. He is a liar. He seduces men and women, and he brings them into his prison house. And in that prison house, he's one purpose. That is to destroy that life, to destroy that individual, to destroy them from the inside, working out. He'll work slowly, but surely. He is a seducer. He is crafty. He is a liar. He is a murderer. He is more crafty than any beast of the field. That's what the Bible tells us. But he is clever in how he works. He's been around a long time. Jesus defeated him at Calvary. One day he'll be put into that pit of hell forever. But at this short time, he has a power to work in the lives of men and women. He is a seducer, one of the great champions of the Bible, a man called Samson. He was a great man. He was the champion of God's people. So don't think tonight because you have it all together that you're beyond the realms of the powers of Satan. You may have your life all together. Everything's in order. But I want to tell you there's a real devil tonight and that devil will come to kill and destroy and steal your liberty. He took this man, Samson, bound him with fetters, put out his eyes, and Samson, it tells us, he grounded in that prison house. 
That's the road down when it's outside of Christ. It's a downward spiral. He'll work on you. He'll do all manners of things. He'll deceive you. He'll lie to you. He'll lure you into traps. Just like Samson, he was seduced by a woman called Delilah, a type of Satan himself. And then we see, as we get towards the end of it all, that the enemy would call Samson out and they would begin to mock him and make sport of him. His eyes are out. He's bound with chains. He's grinding in that prison house. The devil has brought him low. And brothers and sisters tonight, that is the power and the working of Satan in this world today. He is a thief. He is a liar. And he has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. There's great men in this book that have come to a time in their life where they have described their experience like a prison. You think of King David, that man who was after the very heart of God. But in Psalm chapter 142, this was a prayer that David made when he found himself in a cave. And if you go through the verses, I want to pull out just a few things that he said. He confessed here that his soul was imprisoned. He speaks of trouble on every side. He says that his very spirit was overwhelmed within him. He speaks of a snare or a trap that had been laid for him. He said that there was no one cared for him. He couldn't find a place of refuge. He confesses that he's been brought very, very low. He is persecuted. He is overpowered. He said, my soul is in prison. But David directed his cry unto God, and God heard his cry, and God delivered him out of his prison. You see, the answer tonight is found in one man. That man is Jesus. In this world, many are looking for an answer for their lives. Many are looking in every type of scheme, plan, doctor, psychiatrist, everything that the world has to offer. But tonight we have one man that we offer you, and that man is Jesus Christ, and he will set the prisoner free. There's another man called Jeremiah. And listen to the words of Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1. It tells us here, Jeremiah 33 and 1, Moreover, the word of the Lord came on to Jeremiah the second time. And look where he is. It's while he was shut up in the court of the prison. So here is a word that comes at a time when he is in prison himself. Verse 2 says this, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, The Lord is his name. And this is what he says. While you're in that prison, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The word of the Lord comes right in to that prison. And the word of the Lord is this. You call on me. If there's someone here tonight, not on the outward because I don't know, But on the inward, you can identify with this prison house that I'm referring to. In your heart tonight, in your mind, in your soul, that you can can express, I know that I am in a prison. That in that prison, there's the word of the Lord that comes to you. And this is what it is. God says, you call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. 
Now there has to be a call out of that prison house. There has to be a cry that comes up. Now I'm not talking about crying to the doctor, the psychiatrist, the psychologist, or a friend. That might be good. But I'm talking about a call and a cry that comes right to the throne of grace. If you call on me, God says, I will answer you and I will show thee great and mighty things that, the, that you do not know. I want to talk about five things that happens to the man or woman that calls out to God from the prison house. Five things are going to happen. This is God's word. And I can assure you tonight, if there's a true heart in this place, sincere, that finds itself in a prison, but in that prison is willing to call out to God tonight, there's five things I'm going to show you what happens to a man or a woman who calls out from that prison cell unto the Lord. In Genesis chapter 1, Genesis, sorry, chapter 41 and verse 14, we come across a man in the Bible called Joseph. He found himself in prison. And there was a call that came to Joseph. When you call out to God out of the prison house, when you call unto God, Genesis 41 and 14 says this, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. I'll tell you the first thing that happens when a man or a woman in this room truly from their heart will call out to God. Here's the first thing that's going to happen. God's going to call you by your name. Let me tell you something tonight. God knows every person in this room. God knows your name. God knows everything about you. God loves you. God, God sent His Son to die for you on that cross. God knows every person in this room individually and by name. When you call out to God, God calls your name because God's calling you out of your prison. The second thing that happens, I believe when, when you call out to God, not only will He call you by your name, but there's another man here in Jeremiah 52. He was a king. His name was Jehoiachin, and he was in prison. But in the first year of his reign, while he was in prison, the king of Babylon lifted up the head of Jehoiachin, the king of Judah. I want to tell you what happens when you're saved, when you call out to God, God, would you save me? Would you come? Would you set me free? He calls you by your name, number one. Number two, He is the glory and He is the lifter of our heads. God will lift your head up out of depression, out of oppression, out of defeat, out of despair. God is the glory and the lifter of a head. God will lift you up. You know, so, so much of that prison cell and that sin will weigh you down. Your head will hang low just in a spiritual sense, oppressed by the powers of darkness, oppressed by the thoughts of suicide, pressed down by the powers of hell. But when you call out to God, God calls you by name. And when someone calls you by name, what happens? You do lift your head up, and He is the glory, and He is the lifter of our heads. The third thing that happens, and this is crucial, because when we are in that prison house of sin, we are bound. We are bound by sin. We are bound 
We are, we are in chains of sin. But in Acts chapter 12 and verse 6, we read of a man called Peter. And in that prison, it tells us Acts 12 and 6, that when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison and smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. What's the next thing that happened? And his chains fell off his hands. Here's the wonderful news of the gospel. It's the power of God to set the prisoner free. He breaks every chain. There is no chain tonight of sin that's too great that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot break and set the prisoner free. Whenever that addiction is, whenever that drug addiction, whenever the addiction is, pornography or whatever it may be, could we tell you tonight with an assurance that when Jesus Christ sets a man free, that he is free indeed. When you call out of to God from that prison, he'll call you by your name. Thank God tonight we've been called by our name. He's called us out. He knows all about us. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. But for us to get out of that prison house, these chains of sin must be broken. Thank God he breaks the power of sin. Thank God he sets the prisoner wonderfully and truly free tonight. Thank God the chains of sin are broken. We're free men and women through the power of the gospel. Not only does he break the chains in a life, but number four, it tells us in Isaiah 61 and verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. The fourth thing that happens is there's a change of garments. This is a wonderful experience through the power of the gospel. The old garments of sin are removed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. The old garments of depression, the old garments of oppression, the old garments of the world that are stained by sin. Thank God tonight when he breaks the chains of sin, he changes our clothes and he gives us the garments of salvation and covers us with his own robe of righteousness. Tonight, if you're saved, you stand complete and justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ as though you had never sinned. There's no record of any sin tonight if you're saved. You're clothed in the garments of salvation. You're clothed in the robes of righteousness which Jesus gives us. He calls us. He lifts us. He breaks the chains, and tonight he'll clothe you with his garments. Number five, it tells us this in Ephesians chapter two. Not only will he call us, lift our heads, break our chains, and change our garments, but number five, in Ephesians chapter two and verse six, it tells us this, that he raises us up together and makes us sit together 
in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and the kindness toward us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Brothers and sisters tonight, if ever there was to be an amen from the saints, it should have been right there. He raises us up to sit with Christ in heavenly places. What an amazing gospel. What an amazing reality tonight that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You may not feel that way tonight. It's nothing to do with what way you feel. This is the part of the gospel that we're clothed in His righteousness and that we're seated with Him in heavenly places. This, this happens when the prison door is opened. When men call on to me and He will answer and He will show you these are the great and mighty things that the Lord will do. There comes a time a unique time, a moment in your life that the door of your prison will be opened. The man that stands at that door is not this preacher or this church or anyone in it, but the man that stands at your prison door tonight is a man called Jesus. He's nail-pierced hands. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's your Savior. He's come to save you. He opens, he's an expert in opening prison doors. Doors that no man can open. Doors that devils hold close. Doors that men would bind with every chain and throw away the key. Thank God tonight that his name is Jesus and he opens any and every prison door. It matters not how thick it is. It matters not how strong it is. It matter, matters not how long it's been closed. Your whole life, perhaps you could be up in years or young in years. It matters not how long the door has been closed. But there's one man tonight that can open it. And his name's Jesus. If Jesus being in this room tonight, the Bible tells us where the twos or threes are gathered in his name, that there he is in the midst. Then the man that can open your prison door is in this place tonight. The man that knows your name, knows your life, knows your sin, knows your struggles, knows your prison, knows your cry, and has heard it, is here tonight. The man that can change your life, to lift your head, to set you free, to change your garments, is in this room tonight. The man that can cause you to rise up and walk out of a prison cell of sin is in this place tonight. The man that can clothe you in righteousness and cause you to be seated with him in heavenly places is in this room tonight. It's not by human effort. It is not by, by anything of the manipulation of man. It is by grace divine that the door of a prison would open. And when Jesus opens the door, there's no man, no devil can close it. But you have a choice. You do have a choice whether you'll stay in your prison house, 
whether you'll remain in the place of chains and bondage, of fear and isolation, of death and destruction, or whether you'll respond to this man, Jesus. Jesus has come to open your prison door, the door of sin. What will you do tonight? Will you call on Jesus? Will you call out for him to save you? And he'll show you the great and mighty things that you don't know? Or will you remain deceived and seduced by the devil in your prison house of sin that will one day damn you to a lost eternity? When Peter rose out of that prison, it tells us in the reading, when they were past the first and the second ward, they came onto an iron gate that leadeth into the city. This is what happened. If you can imagine this, this literally happened. And it says that when they came to the iron gate that leadeth onto the city, it opened to them of its own accord. It was supernatural. It was a miracle. It can't happen by man. It's impossible with man. But all things are possible with God. Iron gates, prison doors, chains of sin, prison houses. Jesus specializes in setting prisoners free. And if you're one of those, would you say amen? He sets the prisoner free. He specializes in opening doors. Your responsibility, like Peter, he's lying asleep between two soldiers bound with fetters and the angel of the Lord comes, touches that life, tells him to arise. You see, you have a responsibility. You have to do something. You have to respond to this Christ. You may know he's the one that opens prison doors. You may know he's the one that breaks every chain. You may know that he's the one that can save you and keep you. But listen, friend, tonight, you have a responsibility. You must come to him. You must call upon him. And if you do, he'll not only hear, but he'll answer. He'll answer. Call Unto me, the Bible says, and I will answer thee. That's a promise. Not only will he answer you, but listen, I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You're here tonight, and by the grace of God, the man that can open your prison door is in this room. You have a responsibility. Will you call on him? Will you call on him? I tell your friend, he'll answer. He will answer. He will call you by name. God's got a wonderful plan for your life. He knows the plans that he has for you. Plans to give you an expected end. He will lift your head from depression and fear. He will break every chain in your life. This is the gospel. He will clothe you with his own righteousness, the garments of salvation. He will cause you to be seated with him in heavenly places.
What a gospel. What a savior. He is here. Will you call? Will you call on this Christ? Let's pray together tonight.